Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World, episode 151. I am your host, John Jordan. Don't forget to check out my daily Substack about blockchain games at gamestx.substack.com. In this episode, I am joined by the editor of blockchaingamer.biz and my wife, Jenny. How's it going, Jenny? Good, good. Thanks. How are you? Happy New Year and all that. And the same to you. It's quite <laughs> we well. We haven't got Happy New Year hats, have we? I don't know what hats you ever. No, stick them on chain. On chain. Yeah, on chain. On chain will come up, uh, but later on in the podcast. So, um, so the last podcast we did was basically looking back at 2023 and uh, so sort of some of the events that happened, and obviously as, as, as we tend to do um, at the start of the year, we're gonna um, not really make predictions, but we're gonna talk about maybe some of the things now that we think you know maybe trends. Um, obviously, a lot of those those things are sort of thing continuations um, from 2023, um, but but we thought that's a good way to start the year and sort of a, uh, have a bit of a sort of a, a discussion about those sort of things. But um, uh, you're going to run us through the sort of the points we're maybe going to be discussing, or some of the things we thought about at least when we were thinking about this. So. Yeah, so a few points came up really when I looked through um, our mavens and um, the. Uh, the sort of key members of the blockchain gaming space that we've been in touch with leading up to uh, the end of 2023, talking about sort of the year that was and predictions for 2024. So um, it's basically sort of based on that. And a lot is about the relief and recovery from the shock year that was 2023, uh, the crypto winter. Will we see the expected recovery or much needed recovery? Or is it always still sort of going to struggle in a, in a bit of a bear, um, which some some um, people predict it's going to be sort of more dragged out that we shouldn't get too bullish yet. Yeah. <clears throat> so that sort of weaves into the unrealistic expectations for 2024. Is this the year of Web3 games? A lot of um, sort of enthusiasts out there are very bullish. We see a lot of promises now at the start <laughs> of the year. We got so much lined up for 2024, but, you know, a bit of a cautious sort of approach maybe would be to to learn from our mistakes of not over promising and under delivering but just sort of remember that maybe um just keep you know just keep on building and not going to zero is actually quite impressive and quite an achievement in itself we don't have to have these sort of big um promises Major publishers, that's a big theme, um, and AAA uh, developers entering the Web3 space, which is in 2023, we saw Ubisoft, Singa, Nexon, CCP games. Um, and and that sort of contra those uh, crypto-first developers, such as Pixels, uh, Ronin, uh, well, Sky Mavis, those sort of um, mm. studios. Um, which one will see the sort of major growth and what will be the kind of breakthrough um, in Web3 gaming. Um, quality, still key, still a big thing, you know, focus on the games and and kind of intentional uh, Web3 integration in games. Um, we have the importance of um, user-generated content and we particularly that with sort of looking at Sandbox. Yep. The rise of on-chain games is a big uh, thing. Now, I have to say that Blockchain Gamer just similar to you, John, are quite bullish on this. So we have been speaking to uh, maybe more of these developers than um, maybe they're so overrepresented because because we like on-chain games. But yep. but obviously, all of them would would predict that on-chain gaming is really on the rise. Um, 
going mobile or not going mobile? Is there a future for Web3 games on uh, mobile platforms? Or should we instead um, expect like a focus moving away from mobile and, and the sort of free-to-play mo uh, model? Uh, what is the biggest threat in 2024? That's um, kind of a... Yeah, that, that'll be more up to you, John, to, to talk about that one. I don't know, we didn't, let's, we didn't specifically ask uh, the developers about that one. Mm. Um, and the impact of Bitcoin, obviously, seeing some volatility in the in the last sort of couple of days, but yeah. um, it, it's recovered and it wasn't as significant as perhaps some people thought. Mm. So there we go. Those are the headlines. Headlines, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll kind of see. Probably won't cover all of those, otherwise we'll go on forever. Um, and we may come up with other things, I, I guess, as, as we go along. I mean, I, I guess the um, we talked put this list together. I guess the, the relief and recovery was sort of my my one, and um, sort of partly because I've been looking back, looking at some of the data from twenty twenty three as I normally do at the start of the year. So I look back at like the sort of most popular games and the investment stuff and the total token performance and. Um, and it is sort of, I think you get some perspective from that, um, sort of about how quickly things can change. So, uh, you know, 2023 was a, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say a terrible year, but, but it was, it was definitely sort of a, a bad year. All, all sort of companies sort of suffered in various ways, but I guess I hadn't really looked at, particularly until I looked at the tokens, just how, um, you know, uh, sort of low some of those tokens got. So so a lot of the gaming tokens literally hit their all-time lows, so the lowest price they'd ever been. Um, and that was in a period from sort of June June through to September, even for some of them October. So really, for the majority of 2023, for a lot of game projects, not that token prices is everything, but obviously token price is a sort of key uh, metric. Um, you know, that was just going down, 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 down. And, and, and you know, in some ways, it's not a share price, but in other ways, it is a sort of a, you know a, a sort of uh, confidence level in in a, in a project. And um, I just kind of think for people running those sort of uh, projects, you know, just just must have felt like you know just unending doom because no matter what you were doing, no matter if you're making the game better or or you know all this kind of cool stuff you thought you were sort of building, just basically it wasn't moving this one metric, which I think probably we will take slightly over seriously. But clearly, that's a sort of a key financial metric for people. It really sort of struck me again just how bad, <laughs> you know, the uh, the year had been, um, and how sort of quickly um, it sort of changed. Because in October, sort of, it was, it was obviously um, sort of Bitcoin went up a lot, and then sort of came down immediately. And it wasn't really till mid October that you started to get this sort of upward pressure, and everyone, you know, slowly started feeling, oh, this is, you know, this is interesting. And um, but even now, as you said, you know, over the last, at the start of the year. Everything was really going up, um, and then there was this. It looked like one analyst said, "I don't think this Bitcoin ETF's happening," and it sort of, sort of crashed everything down again because everyone was over over um, uh, leveraged on on the upside, and it came, everything came down like ten percent or something. And it's not everything's not quite back to where it was. So you just kind of feel like I still feel like there is this, you know, relief. Uh, but maybe people are as we go into the second point, sort of. I think people have been in the space a little bit longer sort of still in this sort of relief phase is, is this for real sort of thing yeah <laughs> um, whereas people who are sort of just who, who are sort of not so not been in the space for so long or just sort of 
much more about trading, just kind of like, right, yeah, everything's going everything's gonna to 10x, we're all going to be millionaires, Lambo, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think it's still going to be a tension between those two things for a while. And when it comes to things like you know, the ETF, the Bitcoin ETF doesn't matter at all for blockchain gaming. You know, it's not, it's not relevant at all from that, for that specific sector. But clearly, in, over the overall sentiment, um, it, it clearly that sort of stuff is important. And obviously, we're going into an election year in America, so there may be people like Elizabeth Warren or whatever, maybe, you know, trying to drum up um, interest in an anti-crypto army or whatever mad scheme she's got. You know, you just, you just and you know, I just kind of think, you know, we, we are in that situation where um, events do drive things. So, so I think that there's that sort of interesting tension. But um, I mean, maybe, you know, you sort of started editing Blockchain Gamer, you know, in March last year. So, I mean, you've not really seen a, a bull market. So, I mean... Did it feel well, really I've seen it, but or... I wasn't in the space when I saw it. No. <laughs> but yeah, because no. you've been in the space for so long, it would be it would be impossible not to to see it. You know, mm. even even though not working in the space. But it's interesting because when you when you think about sort of that more cautious thing, you know, what's the biggest threat? Is it is it going to be like an external factor, mm. such as regulations or um, or even you might say like the general sort of crypto sentiment or will it be from within so some some uh, of the sort of developers we've been talking to they think that the the threat might actually come from the inside of people so quickly um rush to sort of this um sort of get rich quick Mm. kind of but they, that those will be the projects that quickly rise and then fall. And so with free gaming, we struggle to build up the trust and the, do you know what I mean? The kind of responsibility that that is needed. Um, hmm. So more of an sort think, of internal threat from the, from the industry yeah. itself. I think that's a good, I mean, it's a good, that's a good uh, way of framing it. I mean, I, I, I sort of think still external threats are bigger, but it is a good point that I think on the last you know, I was going again, looking back over numbers. So it's, it's sort of Axie Infinity as a sort of phenomenon. Again, it's sort of a few years on, it's sort of, I think even people who were there, like me, sort of maybe forget a little bit of just how, what a, what a sort of cycle it was, what a boom bust sort of cycle it was in terms of usage. Just, you know, you know, I was looking actually today that, you know, end of November 2021, it hit like one, it was over one million on-chain users in the day on the rolling blockchain mm-hmm. which was all axie you know and it just sort of, sort of and it, it was that for a day and then immediately sort of dropped you know, you know it sort of went up like a rocket and then peaked and then came straight you know sort of straight back down again um and and i think you know i've always been very defensive of sky mavis and axie um because i've known them for so long and I, I and i think they got sort of uh a lot of people beat up on them for, for reasons that weren't their fault but but equally that when you have a signature game like that for a sector, then obviously all the everyone's eyes are on that game, and everyone plays out their own particular views on that sector. And and it's not really whether it actually was a good game or a bad game. I thought it was an all right game at that stage. Um, but but there's other things coming in there. So I think I think you're right that it will be interesting to see if there's sort of one or maybe a couple of games that just have that sort of boom sort of cycle and it won't be like all the eyes are on them again in the same way Axie was because Axie was the first blockchain game that literally people in the game space who knew nothing about blockchain looked at you know, you know it, just everyone looked at it 
Yeah. Um, and it came with you know, I don't think you have that again because obviously people have gone through that cycle with Acti. The people who don't like blockchain won't look at blockchain games anymore. They'll go, oh, it's all this Acti rubbish, all this Ponzi stuff. Um, so I don't think that you have quite that dynamic. But um, And on the other upside, I think that, um, you know, the quality of the games now are clearly, you know, considerably better. I mean, Axie Infinity is, a, is much better <laughs> product. Not that Axie will be the, the one that I think will, will, will drive, you know, that will be the next game with a million users. Uh, but I think those sort of metrics we'll be looking at, what's, I don't think it needs to be a million users, by the way. Um, uh, but I think, you know, that sort of product that catches the imagination, hopefully there'll be more than one. Hopefully it won't be for this sort of like, uh, you know, play play to earn sort of thing. I mean, that's pretty much gone now. It's, it's still there in some places. But, you know, the, when you're talking about people like Ubisoft and Zynga and CCP um, and, uh, and and those sort of companies, you know, they're, they are, they've integrated blockchain in a much more holistic way than, than was in the past. So, so hopefully some of these games can be a bit more, um, you know, uh, highlighting sort of a, a synergy between gaming and blockchain. So, so I, th mm. I guess that's sort of the positive side that we see there. And I, and I think we're going to see, compared to like the last cycle, we're going to see a lot more of that because obviously the quality of the product and the developers is, you know, 10 times sort of better. Um, and even the people who were there, two years ago they, they're 10 times better because they've gone through that experience yeah so so d labs um john mcquan he believes that those titles are already in the making and it'll be sort of one of those big ones that are and so highly anticipated at the moment that one of those will break through in 2024 um whereas others have sort of said it's going to have to be something sort of something else something beyond what we've seen so far um obviously that's impossible to predict but do you think there are any games out there at the moment that could be that sort of breakthrough title if if it, there even will be one of those breakthrough titles yeah. or if there, there'll be like a slow adoption to to multiple games rather than i mean i think there's obviously the one that we generally seem to talk about a lot is, is shrapnel um just because i mean just on the graphical side um it, it is yeah i mean it's not it's not quite really a triple a game compared to you know a 200 million dollar sort of shooter from activision or something you know this is a whatever it is a 40 million dollar sort of shooter from a, a well-established but not massive team so i think i think there's always the problem i think when you can when you try and sell blockchain games on this is a, this is as good as a normal game but with blockchain then there's there's a slight tension there that the game is not will not be as good as a you know a very high-end call of duty you know because it's just you know, the scale of those games they'll operate at is you know there's only like a few of those ever you know um yeah so um but uh but i think those sort of games and those sort of games really really the blockchain is really quite removed as far as i understand i mean obviously shrapnel's still not playable but um you know i think um some of those games could do sort of well um i'm not quite i'm not quite sure still that the get the sort of gaming market is quite ready to sort of adopt those in a wow this is a great this is a great blockchain game sort of sort of way um i still think that's going to take some time but uh, i guess the other one which is a little bit under the radar is um is off the grid and that's interesting because it is a, again they're a sort of well-established team sort of basically ex crytech who are well known for their shooter games um fairly well funded again um so probably like you know tens of millions of dollars into that game and and they say they're coming to console so i uh, you know i've i've expressed some skepticism in the past about how quickly that will happen 
but um, that seems to be the case. Uh, I mean, again, they're a sort of they're they it's sort of a little bit of a game where they they promise stuff and it and it doesn't seem to quite happen, you know, as as they sort of promise, which maybe not be their fault if they're trying to get onto consoles. So, um, but that's another interesting sort of looking game as a sort of third person shooter, and they've got some interesting way how they're integrating blockchains and NFTs and stuff like that. So, so those games could could um, you know I think at least provide a I would not say they're going to be massive hits but I think they're a, they're a step up in terms of the sort of quality and I think they'll do you know sort of fairly well and certainly if you can get if you get on a console then that's people won't really care about the blockchain you know if it's just like you're playing on your PlayStation and it says like download this demo or you know blah 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 whatever however they put it in the game pass or something I don't know yeah at that point you could be yeah. addressing 100 million users um, 100 or potential audience yeah yeah I guess for the maybe for the more interesting projects, like maybe like you know what Nexon's doing with Maple Story Universe, you know that's just that's just a longer project because it's so complex, um, and that's a more ground up sort of blockchain sort of project. Um, so so I don't think those ones I don't think I think they just take, take longer. I mean we'll talk about Sandbox maybe a bit later. I think that's the other that's the other interesting one that has been obviously building for a, a long time now and has put a lot of foundations in. And you could sort of imagine, you know, that given the success of something like Minecraft or Roblox, that, you know, the sandbox does have a million users. I mean, quite what that actually means, it's like it's sort of harder to judge. But I think, you know, there are some products out there that, that have spent the time sort of building out. And of course, you know, the other thing is we probably will find sort of quirky projects with a little bit of virality, a little bit of tokenomic stuff do really well i mean you just see that in blockchain you will get like a big rises that are sort of, sort of unsustained at the top and then come it depends sort of where they come down we're seeing that a little bit with pixels at the moment which has gone from nothing to you know whatever it's on 120 130 000 dau mm. they've, just, they've just announced that they're going to do their token airdrop thing so i imagine they're going to see quite a lot of growth with just people piling in to try and get some tokens and that's you know people can argue is that good or bad um to drive a lot of usage through this sort of token giveaway type stuff. Well, it's one of the marketing tools people have in crypto. So um, we're going to see it <laughs> no matter what we think about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, talking about that um, UGC uh, growth in, in the sandbox and like you, yeah. know, you mentioned Nexon, it would seem like some projects that started out as kind of pure game projects are moving more towards that um integrating and and building out and expanding towards ugc um so do you think that that is the future for web3 gaming to be a little bit of everything and offer do you know what i mean it's not it's not just one I'm... pure game experience but it, it becomes sort of a <clears throat> i mean yeah i mean this is a this is a trend beyond blockchain i think again like lots of trends i think blockchain mm -hmm. can you know it, it does fit very well with blockchain there are i think quite strong synergies but just if, if you just look at gaming as a whole user generated content is now a big thing for lots of different projects so we always talk about minecraft and roblox because they're the big ones but you know there are tons of you know there, there's 
there's tons of UGC in in sort of you know hardcore games, building maps and all that sort of stuff and skins to sort of casual you know dress up games or sort of more social metaverse type you know games. Every, everyone is trying to because it's such a powerful tool. If you can get people to be creative in your game, mm. then they're much more engaged. They're more likely to like go to their you know friends or family. Look at look at this cool thing I've made. Or you know, and certainly if you start having monetization in there, like you have with Roblox and some of these other platforms. Um, then that's really powerful that people are running little businesses in in those in those sort of things. So so in generally, um, that, yeah, that's just happening in in games. Obviously, the thing about blockchain is you have a payment method already built into your game pretty inherently, um, and you hopefully have thought about you know incentives and why people would do this and, and you know and it, and it sort of comes out in weird ways. So uh, in fact, Shrapnel's main blockchain monetization is that people are going to build maps. That's how I mean that, that's. Um, you know, probably, and I don't know how much that, that will be released in 2024, but basically they're sort of looking at Counter-Strike, very famous sort of mod um, shooter that was still one of the biggest sort of con 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 uh, competitive shooters in the world. And that was basically came out because particularly on map design. So people would design these sort of cool maps that worked really well for team-based shooting. And that's what Strapnel's looking at. You know, you ha you'll have these NFTs that are map pieces and you'll put them together to make really cool maps, and then you can charge people for for, for um, playing on on, on your on, on your in your maps. Um, you know, and clearly, sandbox is is you know much more a, a sort of a, a Minecraft type thing. I mean, obviously, those, the the problem with UGC is it just makes the project massively more complex. <laughs> so, sandbox, yeah. I thought I thought was going to release two years ago, you know, and it's taken them you know all this time not just for the UGC stuff, but you know, it's really complicated, and obviously, you have people making things that you don't want them to make, whether that's, um, you know, there's all manner of obviously things that people find offensive these days. Um, and you, yeah. you can guarantee that 13 year old boys will be making exactly those sort of things. Um, so, you know, swastikas is the, is the sort of least of it these days. So you have all that sort of moderation type stuff. And you can imagine someone making something in sandbox and making money on it. And the, you know, all the websites writing this evil. And by the time they're ready to launch, they're now thinking of going mobile and so that's gonna you know it's, it's sort of always something yeah, yeah. something else something yeah. something more and something bigger they can do but yeah so that leads us on to mobile um yeah. development the sandboxes said they're going mobile mm -hmm. and um earlier in december mythical cancelled the um development and the running and operations for blanco's block party and yeah. we know that that's going to come to mobile in 2024. So do you see mobile as the way forward for Web3 gaming? Or do you sort of go into this camp of believers who think that mobile gaming is is not the way, you know, we have to find new platforms, mm. new ways? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, clearly, for mobile, it is a, it depends on the project, really. And, and, I, and I don't, it's clearly mobile is not at the moment, mobile is not right for all blockchain games. Clearly, yeah. absolutely the case. I would say probably mobile is is right for a probably a small minority of blockchain games that have been designed <laughs> to be mobile and work within the App Store rules, and then have a roadmap of how they can expand their feature set to be more right. open to blockchain as App Stores allow them to be that. So, I think at the moment, a lot of problems is people design games. Um, blockchain games, you know, just they sit down and go, how, where, what, what features do I want? What, how am I going to monetize? What's the NFTs? Blah, blah blah blah, all that tokenomic stuff. And then they go, put it on a browser, 
and that sort of works or doesn't work. And then they go, right, let's get it on mobile. And then they try to think about how they have to redesign it for mobile. And then they sort of, then they have to go through the App Store rules and go, well, what, what can we actually do? Because this bit we can't really do because App Stores won't let us. So we have to take that bit out and redesign it. And then you end up with this sort of Frankensteinian sort of monster of, it doesn't work. Um, so I think, you know, we've mentioned, mentioned it quite a lot. You know, mythical games um, are, are sort of real, are trailblazing, um, I think, in this regard. And we've we've seen it, you know, really in the last six months with NFL Rivals, their American football game, that kind of launched without any blockchain and slowly blockchain sort of got added in. And and uh, the first bit was you could you could sort of buy NFTs. You didn't know they were NFTs. They had to you had to you, they invented a special currency that you would use to buy those. So Apple got its 30, Apple and Google got their thirty percent through the in-app purchase, and you bought the NFT. The NFT was obviously thirty percent more expensive than if you bought it on a, on the website. Um, but that's Apple and Google's rules. Um, and then, and then now they have like a full marketplace in there. So you can see all the NFTs and obviously you're paying the 30% extra if you want to do it that way. Um, and then later on next, this year, 2024, now they're going to allow you to start selling, um, your NFTs quite how that's going to work in terms of what money you get back. I don't know. Um, cause you don't really want their in-app purchase money cause you can't, you can't take it out. So maybe they're going to have their blockchain token the myth token that you can then have and then take that out to a wallet don't know uh, but mythical games you know comes back a little bit to the advantage of people who've been in the space for a while mythical games have ran blanco's block by uh, as, a, as a pc game and they had they went through several iterations of how that marketplace worked um and they had you know different they worked with different providers to get money out into your bank account it was never a very simple process i was always much more like can we just have a you know custodial wallet that we can handle but they didn't do that they went through um you know leg uh, sort of us regulations and handled it that way uh, but now they're sort of in an advantage because they've spent the last maybe you could argue they spent the last two years failing in that project to get it to work in terms of how they would want it to work and they've as you say, they've stopped the PC version. Now they're remaking it as a mobile version. But now you would argue they are the, you know, they are the sort of number one uh, company for operating blockchain games through mobile app stores. Mm, <laughs> one, because there's not yeah. many people who do it. And two, they've actually got two games live. And and it seems like, you know, you've spoken to John Linden. I know him as well. And it seems, and maybe he would say this, wouldn't he? But they're very much like, well, we're, sort of educating Apple and Google that we're not trying to do this to scam people and make money. We, we explain to them, this is what we want to do and why we want to do it. And they look at that and go, well, you can do those bits of it, but not these bits yet. We want to see how it goes. But you can see on that individual project, how, you know, every three months there's a new update and there's more blockchain in there. Now, I don't think in the, in 2024, that's going to end up meaning that Apple and Google allow you to do whatever you want. You know, there's always going to be restrictions in there. Um, mm. But you can sort of see you can sort of see how how um, how that works. And the thing about mobile is, you know, it's just a, obviously you know three billion people are have mobile devices attached to those app stores. Now you you're not going to get three billion people downloading your game. Clearly, you're probably not going to get ten million people downloading your game. Well, maybe ten million. Um, Might get there. And there's a whole NFL bunch of problems. Rivals, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, yeah, NFL Rivals is, is four million. So you know, I'm sure they've spent marketing money on that. Whether they're profitable on it, I don't know. Um, but, but you can imagine, you know, not in 2024, but you can imagine a blockchain game, a mobile blockchain game will announce that it's had a hundred million downloads. I mean, that's just the nature of mobile platforms. You get that, you know, you get, I remember 
when they started out and then you, could, you couldn't imagine that you get a million downloads and then 10 years later uh, quite a few have had a billion downloads i mean that's that's just sort of baked into those sort of platforms so mm -hmm. i'm sort of quite <laughs> bullish on mobile but it has to be the right games and obviously i don't think in any time soon you're going to get sort of fully on-chain games going through app stores and, and in fact you can see that with nine chronicles which is a the pc version is a fully on-chain game and the mobile version sort of is fully on-chain but all, none of the blockchain stuff is sort of um is sort of a you can't interact with that in the app store version it's very sort of cut down version mm -hmm. and kind of in 2023 we also saw this where where developers would would talk about distributing on mobile as a way of funneling uh, users into their um, mm. PC or browser version, their blockchain games that wouldn't be on uh, mobile. It's not really seems to have fruit so far, but still, <laughs> that's still in the works, could, could sort of prove. No, I'm not. I'm not really a big fan of, of, of those sort of that. I think if a game gets very, very big, then that sort of works. But if you're launching a game, it makes it complicated for you to be running multiple versions of it. And it sort of confuses the audience. And, and you know, we don't mention Steam on PC games at all, but I think we're going to, you know, the same thing with Steam and having a, a Web 2 version of your game on Steam and a Web 3 version through Epic Game Store is, you know, may, maybe someone will get it to work in some clever way. But in general, I just kind of think friction in the system is just inefficient and you're much better off, you know, I'd be much happier in a sense with a thousand people playing my blockchain game through the Epic Game Store and none through Steam than a million playing it on Steam and 500 playing it on, you know, you end, if you're making blockchain games, then you sort of don't, why would you want to be successful on Steam? You know, I just don't think you can convert people over, you know, I think that that's really quite not like not really ever our web two gamers always going to be web two gamers and web three are just going to have to try and find their own new gamers well, no. they, they will never never onboard no, no, web no. two gamers no 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 i don't think that no but i think if you're if you're on board a web two gamer through the epic game store by making a game that they go it's available for the epic game store and it's the full game with all the blockchain stuff in there and then you know if they like the game then they'll learn the web three stuff if you if you if you onboard those people through steam and then say I mean, how do you even tell them the really cool stuff? You have to go to another game store and download and sort of delete that Steam one and download a new one. And then they're sort of like, well, how do my accounts attach? It's just, you get 0.001% of people. Do, just people don't do it. It's just, you know, it's just, I just think in general, people are, and I don't mean lazy in a pejorative way, but people don't click links in articles. You know, you just, you just look at the stats. Yeah. Just, I mean, I do, but I'm a weirdo. I mean, no one you know most people are just they if they're there for the game they're there for the fun they're not go to another game store you know have i got my epic account oh, i lost the password out you know, i mean just people don't do it so yeah, yeah. Right, a bit of a rant there lead, lead, lead on to on-chain gaming i think because because that's kind of something we both like but you particularly like the um let's say the more complicated side of things <laughs> you're almost like a challenge don't you when, when it's um <laughs> going back and forth and different chains and so but um so will that go mainstream do you think not in 2024 i wouldn't predict but no i mean it's, i think we, so yeah i'm not that technical so so i would say fully on chain games are sort of uh, are at a level where most of them i can't play you know i just can't i'm not going into command lines and 
yeah, I, I've had a look at some of them, but uh, I think that's sort of the, yeah, that is sort of the difficult point, the balancing act where the people making those games at the moment are in the vast majority, super geeky programmers who are making really interesting stuff, but they're making those games for their, a thousand of their mates you know i mean that's that's sort of what lattice yeah. is doing really i think you know i mean there's a really really um uh controlled market that you know a really um yeah constrained market um i guess it's what david amore's doing with playmint is a bit more interesting because he's a proper game developer so we'll see uh, is it downstream their game or upstream never get it right downstream i think we'll see what they're gonna downstream. do with theirs because downstream um so I think it's a great place for experimentation, and it is interesting that you know I think the media are covering that thing a lot more. Um, I guess I'll throw this one back to you though, because I think one of the interesting things for me this year is is you've been really interested in on-chain games, which is certainly not something I would have expected. So, so I guess maybe it would take this opportunity. You know, why why do you think on fully on-chain games are interesting, and 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 what do you think they're going to do in twenty twenty four? Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to be, be sort of mass market yet. Mm. Um, although I, I come, you know, I, not to get too long about this, so whatever, mm. but I come from like a sort of an ideological intellectual. I've always been curious about that side of, of blockchain and, you know, the reasons and motivations people have, have gotten into this industry. And um, I've found it fascinating that some developers are so strongly uh, convinced and motivated to go fully on chain because they they have um so strongly believe in the in the sort of core values of decentralization and, and digital ownership and um and the infinite part of it the thing that it, it, this can't be erased by a central sort of authority um and I like that about it and I find it, um, you know, it's a really healthy progression when that gets a bigger, bigger sort of pie of the market. Um, however, I don't expect everyone to be convinced that that is necessarily the route gaming is going to have to go. And I don't uh, think that the way the, the kind of operations around it at the moment, it obviously needs to advance technically. Um, but I am really bullish on, you know, you listen to sort of, um, uh, proof of place, uh, CEO Hamid Mayan, <clears throat> when he says that pirate nation, this is only kind of an experiment. This is just the start of where we are looking to go, a much bigger vision. And and that makes me bullish um, on the sort of future of it. But but I think it's slow and I think it should be slow, you know, the adoption to on-chain because this isn't something you want to sort of rush and run ahead and um, not having the security, uh, it's not going to give the sort of industry a good reputation. I have tried some of these games and um, I find them incredibly complicated. <laughs> I don't, you know, it, it's almost like a full time job sitting down trying to get into these. And, and once you get into one, sort of one of these strategy um, games, if you're going to if you're going to be successful through one of the seasons, you're basically going to have to play it 24 seven. And like you say, it's a niche at the moment who plays these games and they are so incredibly enthusiastic and passionate about it that they can devote that time. I mean, I've got a job, I've got four children, a husband, you know, I, I can't mm. do that. <laughs> but sort of on the on the surface, I, I've been 
trying some of these games and, the, and it fascinates me it, it kind of i like the i'm curious about it it's not sort of um games for them both you know you have to you have to challenge yourself a little bit and i don't like when things get when it gets complicated so in a way you know i like i like the sort of um i like the challenge of concept. the of the concept yeah and and when things aren't too easy and smooth <laughs> if that makes sense mm. yeah no i think it i think it's you know from our different angles both of us are sort of, you know, sort of come to the same conclusions um and i think it is interesting talking to as you say there are some people who just that was the always the games they were going to make the only games they're ever going to make are fully on-chain games that's just that's just, mm. it is, uh, that sort of thing does come from a something that probably crypto doesn't have so much you know those are the proper crypto ogs who were mining bitcoin in whatever <laughs> um as soon as they could uh yeah they, they, they just see the world in that way it's, it's not this sort of you don't compromise you're fully decentralized or as fully decentralized as your blockchain is and you stick it all on chain um and i think you now obviously as other people have come in who aren't that sort of um sort of committed to a sort of ideology, if you call it that, then they're sort of like, well, you don't want to have everything on chain because it's expensive and you want some things just to be fast and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and to make sort of more performative games, you, you don't want to have everything on chain. And I guess that's the tension at the moment, which is why I agree with you. I don't think this year is the year for it. But as we get more of these L1 and uh, L2s and L3s and there's more infrastructure um, that you can sort of, it's just faster, you can put more things on it. Um, fees are always an issue so it's always sort of this issue yeah. is that if you have everything on chain then you always you, know, you could always halve your fees by by taking some you know taking half of these things you have on chain off chain sort of thing um so there is that that issue um but i think i would say over more over like let's say a 10-year um span 10-year prediction i i just can't see how the the sector doesn't move towards more on chain you know games or games don't end up being more on chain i mean yeah. i just you know i just i just in terms of how i think you're right that's that's in sort of clear in a sense how you know you have if you're a blockchain game you have everything on chain and fees will get less although there'll always be a case for for you know how you deal with those i don't know but i just kind of think that's the way it's going to go and and you know if you're having games that have having stored you know value on there and as games sort of you know infinite games go obviously on sort of on forever and they just run on servers and that's clearly going to be seen i think in 10 years time as that was the thing that everyone was sort of striving towards in blockchain games that was that was going to be the end point and maybe it takes 100 years i don't know um, but but i think that that's sort of where you end up um and and the path of travel is you're going to end up with more yeah. of that quite how quickly that happens um but but i just and i, and I guess one game I don't know if they're going fully on chain, but you know the Eve Online sort of project, I guess, is interesting because they are very, very hardcore about um, that. Not about that sort of stuff, but in their mentality of what they're doing, uh, and I can imagine that being something they sort of have as a central tenant. I don't know. I'm making that up now a little bit, but, but um, I can see just because you're doing a fully on chain game doesn't mean it has to be very complicated. And you have to be a very geeky person. I think over time, just general game makers, and you know, and, and um, Proof of Play is a sort of good example, actually, of that. That you wouldn't know that game is fully on chain, really, if you played it. It's quite quite a cute little sort of um, interface and stuff like that. Um, but, mm -hmm. 
But I think it's worth pointing out, like you've done in the past, John, that um, not every game is, is suitable for being fully on chain. You know, the, the, there will always be a category of, of, you know, of games that are going to be more 2.5 and there's absolutely, you know, nothing wrong in any way going down that route. I just think we might see, that's one of the predictions, I suppose, for the coming year, we might see a bigger sort of, uh, category division rather than talking like generally about blockchain games there's going to be you know yeah so ubisoft is doing one sort of web 3 2.7 game and then the started is fully on-chain mm. uh experience maybe within that game a bit like um star atlas with sage labs mm. and that sort of thing and you you can sort of see where where those big studios maybe start because they have the have the kind of funding to do that, so maybe go down the route of, of experimenting a little bit, and um, yeah, so so it'll be more sort of more defined categories within Web three gaming, rather than Web three gaming being the overall category. Yeah. And on that note about Web three gaming as a category, <clears throat> this. It's, it can be controversial for some people. Some people think we should like completely scrap it. You know, they, we've even sort of noticed a little bit of resistance of some some projects. You know, that we've covered. You know, and oh, do they really want to be on blockchain gamer? They don't want to be defined as a blockchain game, so they don't want to be on the website. Mm. The cult yeah. sort of blockchain gamer. Um, what What do you think of? I mean, it not on the sort of politics side of things but what's your prediction in that in that sense sort of are we going to move away from talking about web3 games and blockchain games and just talk about games and then there's some of those games are going to have web3 it's a little bit like kind of yeah. um male and female football i suppose women's football do we talk about that <laughs> or just, i'm sure we just all call it football you know <laughs> well, that's, without yeah. getting too political I'll go that route uh no i mean i just think <laughs> That, I mean, that, that, that's an argument within the navel of the industry. I mean, it's you know, it's interesting for us maybe to tweeze out some sort of points, or but it, for the vast majority of people who never played a blockchain game, it really doesn't matter. I, I mean, I think the market just that just doesn't matter what anyone thinks in the industry. The you know, the players, yeah, in the end, they just call them games. But you know, just like you know, the moment again, without always using the analogy to free to play mobile games. You know, you had mobile games for a while and no one really played them. And then this, because he had to pay, a, you know, a dollar or whatever to buy him. And then this new thing came out called free to play, and, and everyone, you know, I was writing about it. I was running a website about it at the time, but you know, everything was about free to play, free to play mobile, and and that and that was interesting because it was a distinction between paid games. So you go, yeah, originally actually people would go, is it premium or is it freemium? And that was the, and then freemium was a bit clunky, so everyone used free, free to play instead. And then you just then you had just called it. FTP, F2P, and then now in mobile games, you, you don't, you know, every game is free to play, so you, you don't use it anymore. So, so I think, you know, that, that, again, that's an, another decade-long project where, yeah, it will just be games. But I think, I don't care whether blockchain or Web three or something like that. You know, I, th I think it's certainly, you know, for the foreseeable future, it will be useful for people, and partly maybe some people won't want to touch them with a barge pole. But I think it will, it will come back to be. If not of a super positive thing, it will just show. It will be some signalling around. Um, you know, this game had. This game is designed in a different way. Where it's thinking in a different way about stuff like ownership and community, and so I think it will become. A, 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 you know, a slightly positive. 
for some people very positive and for other people a slightly more positive um, um, um thing Okay, well, uh, a builder. <laughs> so we're going to stop this podcast now because a builder's just come. Uh, but uh, anyway, thanks for <laughs> so thanks for uh, listening and uh, watching the podcast. Whoever you are consuming it, twenty twenty four is definitely going to be um, an an interesting uh, experience for us all. Uh, so please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, see you next time.